It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I've waited a long time to be able to say this to you guys. Fantasy football is finally back, and this is This Week in Fantasy. I'm your host, James Seltzer. I am a writer over at rotowire.com and, of course, a host at BGN Radio. So we'll be getting some fantasy experts on this season for you, or perts, as uh, as they're affectionately called. Of course, I think most fantasy quote-unquote experts We'll tell you that there's no such thing as a fantasy expert, uh, just, you know, being informed and, and making solid risk assessment is really all that uh, the job entails. Um, all right, and uh, a few things I want to look forward to coming up. We are going to get some things going. I want you guys to be a part of the show. We're going to have a lot of Twitter interaction with the show. I'm going to get a league started up with listeners and some of the BGN radio crew, so look for that. And we'll get more into specific players, specific battles, some Sleepers and busts, as it were. Someday someone's going to come up with a better term than sleepers and busts. Uh, we have yet to get there, but um, I will have some of that stuff for you as well, and we'll go position by position and break some stuff down and look at some of the guys who I think are, are underrated or overrated and, uh, of course, you know some of those market inefficiencies that we could take advantage of. But I will give you some quick thoughts on the preseason, and we'll be joined by Sigmund Bloom in just a few minutes. I was able to catch up with Sigmund right before the preseason began. 
And with Sigma, we'll get into some real specific stuff now that we have some action to break down with him this upcoming week. But I was able to pick Sigmund's mind on some of the more general type of stuff in terms of how to approach your draft, in terms of league dynamics and things like that. So uh, with draft season approaching and, and everyone getting ready, you know, we're all doing our ranks. We're all looking at players and specific position battles and all that type of stuff. And sometimes we can forget to really focus on some of the more important stuff as in, you know, league size and, and rules and the best way to approach different types of leagues, whether it be PPR or standard or, you know, a 10-team league versus a 16-team league. There's a lot of different ways to go about this type of stuff and a, and a lot of different strategies to employ for different types of leagues. So we're going to get into that with Sigmund in just a little bit. But first, and, and I won't dive too deep into the, the minutia of it, but just want to give you an idea of uh, we, we have the first uh, week of preseason games finally concluded and just some of the quick things that stood out to me, and we'll talk to Sigmund about what he looks for in the preseason, obviously prior to the game's beginning. But Sigmund and I have a bit of a different a view on the preseason. He's a little bit more, uh, he takes a little bit more away from it than I do. I have trouble putting too much stock into the preseason, especially as uh, many Eagles fans will remember week three of the preseason last year, the famed Green Bay Packers game where Sam Bradford and the Eagles began their Super Bowl march that ended immediately after. But again, I think it's a good warning not to get too carried away. You know, we see a lot of guys break out in preseason and and not end up doing anything during the regular season. But on the flip side, I think there are important things that you could take away in terms of position battles, in terms of who might get more playing time. And of course, looking at some of the younger guys and, and we'll get more into that with what to look for with Sigmund in a little bit, but first, uh, just a few things that caught my eye over the uh, the first you know four days of games or whatever it was starting last Thursday. Uh, we'll start in Philly, the Eagles, uh, our team here. Uh, obviously, Wentz is Wentz breaking his ribs is the uh, the first and foremost most important story here. But from a fantasy perspective, Carson Wentz not really a, a factor this season, or at least looks like he will not be a factor for the majority of the season. So just looking at the Eagles from a from a fantasy perspective, I have been very down on them and continue to be down on them. The offensive line does not look good, did not look good in the opening preseason game. Obviously, you don't take too much away from it, but Lane Johnson could miss 10 games. And, and if that happens, that is a massive blow for, for not only the Eagles as a football team, but obviously further fantasy prospects as well because a good offensive line is going to help Bradford. It's going to help Ryan Matthews. As of right now, Zach Ertz, Jordan Matthews, and, and Ryan Matthews, at least in a standard league, seem like the only three rosterable Eagles. And even then, I'm not going crazy for any of them. I think Ryan Matthews probably has the highest upside of the group, but the, uh, the injury issues are a real thing. And he's only played 16 games once in his career, so betting on him to do that is likely not a good bet. Speaking of Wentz, uh, gosh, I didn't want to mention it, but uh, of course, Jared Goff hurt his shoulder. He apparently is fine, looked awful in his debut. And one rookie who did not look awful in his debut is Mr. Dak Prescott down in Dallas, who looked really good in that first preseason game for Dallas and is a really interesting, as much as I hate Dallas and hate him because he is a cowboy, uh, interesting guy to, to look at on draft day. I don't think you're taking him in standard leagues, but in deeper leagues, Tony Romo of, of every starting quarterback in the league is probably the most likely to go down, even including Sam Bradford, which is saying something, but... You know, Romo, obviously, uh, with that back and all the issues he's had. If Dak Prescott can step in, that's a really good offensive line, a solid offense. He might have a, some sneaky fantasy value later in the season. He is clearly the backup right now, assuming they don't bring anyone in, like a Josh McCown or something. So 
something to keep an eye on there in Dallas as uh, as much as I hate Prescott, he could end up having some value should Romo go down. Let's swing to another offensive line that showed some struggles week one, the Miami offensive line. Dallas Thomas getting a lot of first-team reps at the guard position. I think Laramie Tunsil ultimately end up being their gas mask excluded. But uh, that Dolphins offensive line, interesting to watch because they did bring in Arian Foster. I do like his prospects from what we've seen, what we've heard, if he could stay healthy. so And Devontae Parker, a trendy sleeper there as well. Obviously, a very talented first-round pick last year failed to break out because of injuries and whatnot. But going later than he should be. So Devontae Parker, a name to keep an eye on throughout the preseason. Uh, let's stick with the wide receiver position. A lot of notes. Tyler Boyd looked pretty good in his first preseason game with Cincinnati. Uh, the rookie has been getting rave reviews in camp. Uh, a name to watch, especially with... With the departure of Sanu and Jones and a lot of that wide receiving core there. Sticking at the wide receiver position, Victor Cruz, uh, a groin injury has not allowed him to really get out there and, and uh, perform with any consistency. It's still bothering him. I have already liked Sterling Shepard as that third option on that team. I, I think that just puts him an even notch further forward. He could be the top rookie receiver, at least in terms of fantasy production this year, and I think especially so in a PPR with Odell Beckham taking a lot of the pressure off him. Sticking with receivers, just a couple more quick notes. Stephon Diggs has shown out in Vikings camp. Keep an eye on him. I like him as a later round type of sleeper. And uh, Josh Doxson dealing with an injury, an Achilles injury in, in Washington camp. He's another name to watch. First round pick, a lot of talent there. Good spot for him to succeed, but he could miss a week or two with that Achilles. Uh, he's still recovering from, so maybe someone to avoid if he's getting a little bit too much excitement as one of those rookie sleeper type guys. One last receiver, Mike Thomas has been the, the talk of camp. Looked great in that first game. Made one really, really impressive highlight reel type catch, so Keep an eye on Mike Thomas. That third receiver spot in New Orleans is going to be valuable. They're going to throw Drew Brees, puts up numbers year after year after year after year. So, uh, But, uh, again, be careful with that. Brandon Coleman certainly uh, was that name coming out of Saints camp last year, and, and Willie Sneed ended up being a much better acquisition there. So keep an eye you know, on the situation. But as of now, Mike Thomas looks to have a, a firm hold on that third receiver spot couple more quick notes from the first weekend of preseason. A couple running backs who were in a, a potentially good late-round type of flyers, guys who could have real upside this season. First and foremost, we've talked a lot about it in the fantasy community, that Seattle situation with Thomas Rawls, who is being eased back from that ankle injury. Christy Michaels looked really good. You know, he's been one of those things where you hear uh, he's got a newfound maturity coming out of Seahawks camp, and he's been the talk of camp, and then Seven carries, 44 yards in the game, 6.3 yards per carry. Looked like he had some burst. Seemed to have nice vision, reading the holes well. So Christine Michael is, a, is an interesting name that's going to keep moving up these charts, especially if Rawls continues to take it slow with this recovery from the ankle surgery and, and is having trouble getting back on the field. Uh, Christine Michael is going to shoot up those draft boards, and he is becoming a must, must own for any Thomas Rawls owner. If you're going to take a risk on Rawls in the second or the third, Christine Michael, you know, you, you reach. You go around or too early. I'm not a huge handcuffs guy, but there are two situations in this league right now that stand out head and shoulders above the rest for me. As handcuffs, you must own. And again, reach a round or two early to get him if you get that first guy. Christine Michael and Thomas Rawls, and then in Pittsburgh, Le'Veon Bell and, and D'Angelo Williams with Bell obviously potentially serving the suspension and, of course, the, uh, the injury issues he's had and whatnot. Uh, I think D'Angelo, and what he showed, D'Angelo showed in the time he, 
he was the starter last season and just a great rushing offense. I, I think those are the two most important handcuffs in the league right now. So make sure you get those guys if you are lucky enough to end up with Le'Veon or, or you want to take the risk on Rolls. One last running back situation that, that interested me from the first weekend. Uh, anyone who lives in Philly, follows Eagles, knows that uh, DeMarco Murray stinks. I, I know that... You know, he's coming off that, that year with the, you know, 10 hundred million carries or whatever it was. You expected him not to be as good, but I don't think that's just wear and tear from that year. He looked like he had nothing left in the tank. At no point last season did he look like a, a talented NFL running back. He had zero burst. So, you know, maybe he's healthier. The, the talk out of camp, uh, Titans camp has been positive, but... Derrick Henry looked pretty good in that preseason game. Four broken tackles on 10 carries. Uh, ran hard, ran with with aggressiveness. I wasn't a huge Derrick Henry fan, but uh, we at BGN Radio have some fans in the crew. I know Ben Natan, our draft writer, was, was quite the Derrick Henry fan heading into the draft. So this is one of the spots where I might not be the biggest fan of Derrick Henry, but I love the situation for him. I think Murray stinks. I think it's going to be proven eventually that he does stink on the field and, and I think Henry's going to get those shots and even just a young guy with young legs running by a, an offensive line that, that is young and talented but has a long way to go I think there's at least some potential there especially with Mariota taking some of the pressure off with his ability to run as well so that's an interesting situation and lastly I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our our old friend turned enemy Mr. Chip Kelly out in San Francisco any Eagles fan uh, knows what the Chip Kelly offense looks like but San Francisco was wowed by it now, so as we were originally as well. Uh, they did look really good running the ball against Houston, 236 yards on 34 carries, uh, almost a seven yards per carry average. Blaine Gabbert looked okay as the uh, the starting quarterback in there. Thad Lewis looked good in the system, but, you know, again, we've all seen Chip. We've seen what he could do. I, I wouldn't get carried away by this. I do think that with their offensive line, which is not – quite as bad as it looked last season, especially with the potential return of Anthony Davis at right tackle. I think the Niners could run the ball this year, and I think a guy like Carlos Hyde and maybe even Mike Davis is a super late-round sleeper or a Sean Drone. There are some names there, and I think one of those guys, Hyde obviously the, the favorite, assuming you'd say healthy, could have a uh, an unexpectedly solid season out there with a guy who who is going to commit to running the ball. All right, and I am pleased to welcome in, as we will have our, our weekly guest every week, uh, we are lucky enough to have the uh, of footballguys.com. You can follow him on Twitter at his name, at Sigmund Bloom. Mr. Sigmund Bloom has joined us. Sigmund, how are you, sir? This is great. This is the drink from the fire hose portion of our program where we have 32 teams of information streaming live in front of us on our Twitter feed. Everybody is cross-pollinating information. Those of us that do obsess about this all off season, we can test our assumptions. We can see how things are coming together and get to that Zen point of knowing when to stick to our guns and knowing when to be flexible and be open to reality changing because we know when that big reveal happens in week one, we're all going to be very wrong about a lot of things. <laughs> Sigmund, that seems to be the case every season, especially in football, a sport with, uh, you know, where you could take a guy first overall and he can rip his knee up in the first week and, uh, and then it's all for naught. So, uh, so we're going to try and avoid that here, at least point you in the right direction each week. And again, Sigmund's going to uh, join us every single week this season, which is uh, just awesome. All right, Sigmund, why have you? Let's just jump right in. I, w- I want to start with a couple big picture questions and then jump into some specifics. Um, first and foremost, uh, 
generally we are on the eve of preseason. Preseason is beginning. Uh, it should have began already, but you know we'll uh, we'll put that to the side. The whole debacle. But who um, would think that watching paint dry is actually like a job that was important? Who would have thought, right? I mean, it's always used as such a derisive phrase, and in this case, we actually needed someone to watch paint dry. The the irony is just dripping, isn't it, Sigmund? Um, all right. So so on the eve of preseason with expectation, all that type of stuff. First and foremost, uh, like. Can you really take anything away from preseason? We always hear the the preseason is meaningless when it applies to to regular football uh, and, of course, to fantasy. So can you take anything away from preseason? And if so, what type of stuff are you looking for going into this first and second round of games? You absolutely can take things away from the preseason. Rookies are the biggest one. And what we're looking for are rookies that have already been making a drumbeat where everybody watching is saying, and let's say breakout players too, someone like Sammy Coates. So we're watching for the carryover from the spring, from camp, Michael Thomas in New Orleans, Sterling Shepard for the Giants. You know, these players that everybody's watching and saying, ooh, he has the look of someone special. And especially important for rookies because it's our first reveal. And we know going back, you know, someone like John Brown for the Cardinals, the buzz was instant. Russell Wilson for Seattle, the buzz was instant. Onlookers were saying, this is different. Uh, that's what we're hearing about guys like Thomas and Shepard. And we want to see if that carries over to games. Players coming back from injuries. We want to see them move the way we're used to seeing them move. We want to see them look confident. We want to see that mental edge coming back. New coaches, new schemes. Uh, when there's a new feeling around a team, we want to see if that carries over a bit. I think that there's a lot of clues in the preseason. In hindsight, now there's also a lot of fugazis too. There's a lot of stuff that we look at and we say, why did I ever believe that? And that's where the stick to your guns stuff comes in and treating veterans. Well, veterans don't really need training camp. It's a little bit different. You know, say if Jordy Nelson misses all of camp than if Ezekiel Elliott misses all of camp. But uh, there's always a piece for that stuff. I don't think you should ever listen to anyone says you should, that says you should feel free to ignore anything. Like coaches, sometimes what coaches tell us is a bunch of hot air, but sometimes it's the most important thing to pay attention to. We learn which coaches that we should trust. We learn the things through each preseason that are indicators, and maybe not an indicator for this year, but some of these players that play in the third and fourth quarter of these preseason games later on, sometimes you can tell. Like I remember Delaney, seeing Delaney Walker return a kick for a touchdown at 240 pounds and saying, that's someone I'm going to keep an eye on for the future because obviously there's something there that that is a lot of terrific stuff and and i think it really leads to the reading between the lines with this type of stuff and you know trying to find what is real and what isn't is one of the bigger parts of fantasy both with on the field performance and all the noise that you hear throughout the week sticking with a big picture theme here before we jump into some more specific th- stuff I work over at rotowire.com and one of the things I do there is the ask an experts question where, you know, you spend 12 hours just answering all the insane amount of questions that come in. And you often hear a lot about the strategy, the zero running back, the should I go wide receiver, wide receiver for sure in, in a PPR. I personally am a BPA guy. I, I'm a big best player available, but obviously there's a lot of different circumstances that play into this stuff. Are there any of these approaches that you either imply or support? And also kind of how do you get through the what, what's your general approach when you're approaching your drafts? flexibility. Uh, I want to know the landscape. I want to have done enough drafts. MFL 10s are great, so I have an idea of twists and turns in my draft. I want to have clarity on my targets and about the rounds that I'm willing to pay for those players, but you have to stay flexible. If you get too locked into any sort of plan, you're going to miss the draft as it unfolds in front of you. You're only going to be thinking about the script you had in your head. I think that we can look at the layout of talent and how it's distributed this year and say that going wide receiver early and waiting on running back is probably going to be favored. Waiting on quarterback, just because of the number of 
viable quarterbacks is going to be favored. And waiting on tight end, because I think there are some really good tight ends that are underrated, is going to be favored. So patience at every position except for wide receiver will be favored. So that will lead to more zero running back type drafts where you're taking your running backs later on. But I'll say this, and I say this tongue-in-cheek, but I say it also for real. Every draft plan works if you take the right players. <laughs> Player evaluation and knowing who's going to break out, and the Wayne Gretzky term, skating to where the puck's going Correct. to be, that's the most important part of fantasy football. I don't care what order. And the thing is, we know after week one, Reaches are going to look like values, and values are going to look like reaches. So you have to take the right players. It doesn't really matter what round you take them in. In hindsight, you know we we don't it, making sure you pay exactly the right price for them, or you pick the value position in the right round. It's not nearly as important as getting the guys that we know are going to ball out on Sunday. Terrific point, and I agree. Just in general, as a premise of letting the draft come to you, of not you know forcing something and and just taking what's given you each draft's unique each auction is going to be unique different people value different players at different levels so really just stick to your ranking stick to your beliefs and don't be afraid to take a guy in a spot where uh you know maybe other people might not value him as high but if you think you're not going to get him that next time around be willing to take the plunge because as as sigmund said there it's really just you need the guys who are going to be the best players and if you believe in that guy you take him all right sigmund one more question there on league dynamic type of stuff up. Uh, in, in addition to that, obviously, it's, it's being flexible, but are there any specific things that you'll change when it comes to either league size going from like a 10 or 12 to a, a 16, 20, uh, and also the standard to PPR thing you see a lot? Just how, how much heavier do you, do you put on the, the receivers, the running backs, stuff like that? Running backs are king in non-PPR standard as it used to be. Now I think PPR is closer to standard uh, because of the nature of the scoring there. And there's so few stud running backs that in a PPR, you can get away with some of these pass catchers, Duke Johnson and Giovanni Bernard and Charles Sims. You can't do that in non-PPR, so you've got to get those stud running backs. Larger leagues, you can't necessarily afford to wait at tight end. Uh, you can't necessarily afford to wait at running back as much. Um, I, I think that larger leagues test your willingness to reach for a player because in a 16-team draft, it might be a long time until your next pick. So that, that's where conviction comes back in, where you can play value picks more in a 10- or 12-team league. So you really have to have your own opinions to stand on in a 16-team league, or you're going to get frustrated. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point, especially also one thing that I always look for in those types of deeper leagues is is that weekly consistency when you're heading in. Obviously, football is a sport where anyone can go down at any moment but um you try and get those guys you can count on for at least you know five six seven points a week i I feel like those end up being more valuable for you in a 16 teamer than say in a 10 team league all right uh segment i want to jump into some specific stuff i'm going to get uh, a couple twitter questions for you the best ones that we got but first and foremost i don't have a ton of time here so i'm just going to say one and i'm sure you've got a lot of guys but if you had to plant your flag on one guy right now, one guy who when you look at all the rankings maybe is not as highly thought of as you think of him in your own rankings, right. who's that guy right now? Martellus Bennett. Oh, I love the I love the quick answer there. Tell me why. He, well, he knows, we know he's an accomplished receiver. He's a starter. This is going to be a two-tight end offense. Tom Brady's favorite receiver is going to be whoever's open. Bennett's going to get the better matchup. Teams are going to say, we're not letting Gronk beat us. Bennett's going to have a big year as long as he stays healthy. And they've already been working on the red zone offense. I think you're going to see this offense really come alive with two tight ends. And Bennett is going to have the best matchup most weeks. Uh, that's a, a great, great one, especially in that system. I mean, we all remember how uh, 
you know, not the best guy, but Aaron Hernandez looked really good when he was playing the opposite side of Gronk a while ago. So uh, I think that's a great call. All right, Sigmund, before I let you go, I'm going to fire two Twitter questions at you here, and then we're going to get a, a get-to-know Sigmund here. Every week, we're going we're gonna to get deeper inside the mind of Ooh, Sigmund Bloom. Not Sigmund Floyd, Sigmund Bloom here. Um, all right, so our first— Freudian slip there. Yeah, right. Well, I, I chose these two Twitter questions this week because they kind of give us a, a way to give you— uh, uh, to talk about— uh, how you're high on someone at a particular position and low on another. And it worked out that neither were tight ends. So um, here we go from at uh, Phila B. Coulter. It's our buddy Brian Coulter on Twitter. Who's the worst QB that'll be selected in all nearly all standard drafts? Well, it, I'm not going to say he, he's the worst. Well, I'll say I'm going to say my lowest ranked is Matt Ryan, only because I know who Matt Ryan is. Maybe he'll finish around quarterback 12 to 15, but week to week his upside is capped. It's a very fragile offense with Julio Jones. I'm just not interested in that. I can tell myself a story where Jay Cutler works out or Alex Smith works out or Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tyrod Taylor. Look, a lot of quarterbacks going after Matt Ryan. So I, I think Matt Ryan would be one, and even Andy Dalton, because he's going to come back to earth without the array weapons that he had. We're looking at his numbers last year. He's not going to have the same offense. It's going to be a boring offense. So that's about my cutoff line. But that being said, you know, I like Alex Smith this year. I like Ryan Tannehill. And those might be quarterbacks that some people have below Ryan and Dalton. Yeah, I like that, especially Dalton. I think is uh, it's going to be underrated how much he's going to miss Hugh Jackson. I, I really believe that. Hugh was a big part of that offense and how it ran. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And again, quarterback is pretty deep this year. So I, I like the Ryan call. I think every year people look at him to be something that, you know, the evidence is just proven that he's not. Uh, all right, one more for you from at underscore Philadelphia on Twitter. Uh, and I'm going to give you a chance to go go both ways. He asks, who's the running back that'll be taken too high and underperform? But also give me one who's going to be taken too low and overperform. Yeah, and I, and I'll tie this together with an article I just wrote at Football Guys. I, I call it right team in position but wrong player. Uh, and it's the idea being instead of this player, take this player. Okay, here's one. Instead of Matt Forte, take Bilal Powell. They're, they're getting paid roughly the same money. I think Powell got $6 million guaranteed. Forte got $8 million guaranteed. If you watch them play in the second half of the year last year, Powell was arguably better than Forte. Forte was already in a 50-50 committee with Jeremy Lankford. I think Powell played better than Jeremy Lankford last year. Uh, the Jets like Powell. They've kept him in their organization. You're going to see these guys get roughly the same work, roughly the same type of work, receptions out of the backfield. Forte's already coming out of the gate hurt with his hamstring, which is that first telltale sign that, in addition to the Bears moving on from him and moving on from him kind of as a lead back last year, he's not the player he used to be anymore. Drafting him in the fourth or fifth round when you can get Powell in the 12th, 13th, 14th round seems absurd to me when I would project them for roughly the same stats. And I think if one of them emerges because the other one gets hurt, Powell's likely the one that's going to move ahead. Yeah, I like that. I like that call. And, and, and nice job of doing the, the two-in-one there. That was strong work, Sigmund. You, you're concise and, and you get it done. Um, all right, Sigmund, before I let you go here, uh, we're as I said, as I teased, we're going to do a little get-to-know Sigmund uh, thing here. And I know... Sigmund, that you, like me, are a big music guy. You like to surrender to the flow, as it were. Um, so I've got a music-related question to kind of get into your psyche here. Uh, I want you to give me any act. It can be a band. It could be a person, whatever, who you never got to see, 
who would be the top on your concert bucket list, alive, dead, it doesn't matter. Who's number one on your concert bucket list? Miles Davis. Wow, that's an answer like, right there. Yeah, like Miles Davis in that Bitches Brew era, uh, in the era of like late 60s, early 70s with the bands and the sheets of music, the layers and layers of sound. Uh, never, I, There was one chance when I was 13 or 14, he was playing at a jazz festival in Pittsburgh, and I just, ah, I wasn't resourceful enough to figure out how to get oh, to see him. But it all started, my son's name is Miles. Oh, so, wow. So that should that should tell you a lot. Although that's a very hard question, and probably if I thought about it, I could talk myself in or out of any number of answers. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I usually go Beatles when I get there. I'm I'm a monster Beatles guy. But so. they never performed a lot of their best music. You would never True. got to see them do anything from Abbey Road or Sgt. Pepper, except for that that rooftop concert. I guess getting to see the rooftop concert. Yeah, that's a good one. But also in in my hypothetical here, you know, they're coming back to life. So oh yeah. Yeah. Why not just just say they're gonna play whatever I want them to play. That's <laughs> But um, yeah, it's a good one. How about how about if I throw out you real quick? If I threw you, they have to be alive. They don't have to be together, but they have to be alive. What would you go with? Um, who have I not gotten to see that I really, really want to see? Because I've I've been very lucky. You know, I've gotten to see Tom Waits, which is a really tough That's one. Awesome. Um, I've gotten to see Frank Ocean. Um, oh man. Here, I'll I'll give you mine, and and maybe it'll get something stirring because they don't ever ever tour, and I actually also. Missed an opportunity to see them in New York with my wife. Uh, she was not my wife yet. Now my wife because uh, she had class and she wasn't willing to cut class and and we both ooh, regret ooh. it. But it's uh it's Daft Punk. I, I, I was going to say Daft yes! Punk. I just saw my answer. Yes. Great and minds. I thought they were going to tour. I thought they were going to tour on Me uh, Random Access Memories and it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. That's a good one because their tour in 0607 basically created the whole superstar DJ thing. Oh yeah. And, and it was a true spectacle. Great. Great call. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you go watch those videos from those shows, and it's just like you can you can almost like feel your body starting to move without even wanting it to. So, um, mothership, yeah, get back on mothership. Awesome, awesome. Well, Sigmund, I I have a feeling we're gonna enjoy this this season. Ah, Definitely my kind of guy. So uh, again, go check out that piece at footballguys.com. It's the right team and position, but wrong player. Is that correct? Yes. Correct. All right. So check that out. That That's a really interesting piece, especially when you're looking for values and looking for guys who might be ranked maybe a little too high. It can really help you out. And again, footballguys.com. Follow them on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom. Sigmund, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Wow, Sigmund, that is just awesome stuff. Really, really excited that we get to have him with us this season every week, getting that kind of knowledge and and getting deeper into the mind of Sigmund Bloom, which will be fun as well. And uh, I really appreciate everyone listening. This is week one, uh, episode one. We're going to add a lot more production. We've got some segments we're going to be adding as we go. Constantly want to kind of make this show better and and make it what you guys want. So so feel free to drop me a line on Twitter at James Seltzer, or you can uh, email me at james.seltzer at gmail.com. I, I would love to, any advice, any thoughts, whatever you guys want. I want to make this show helpful for you guys. And there are specific guys you want to hear about. Let me know. This podcast is yours as much as it's mine. I want it to be Something that you guys is going to help you guys is going to help you guys realize, you know, your titles, realize your dreams of winning this title. And and I don't want to make it sound too grandiose there. But look, you know, there's nothing better than winning a title in fantasy than beating your buds. You know, shout out to Mike Gianella and the, the Baseball Prospectus podcast team. But I'm a big flags fly forever guy. You know, I think that if you have the chance to go out and get a title, you do it. Every single time, whether it's trading future for it or, or you know, stacking a team a certain way or whatever, I'm, I'm not a build for the future guy. I'm a build for right now. I'm a win the title right now kind of guy every single year. 
And there's nothing better than, than raising that, that championship trophy right in all your buddies' faces. So, you know, put everything you have in your draft. I know this is an old adage, you can't win your league on draft day, but you can lose it. And, and I think it's true. So, you know, a lot will happen during the season that you have to pay attention to, but it is it is crucial that you go into this draft prepared, ready to go, know who you like it. And we'll get into that. Listen, coming up, we're going to do some, some again, sleepers and busts. Uh, we'll go through positions with each team. I'm really going to try and get you set, get you prepared for your drafts coming up. And again, uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'll be taking questions each week for both Sigmund and myself and any other guests that we have along the way. So again, follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at James Seltzer. You can follow the show at at BGNR underscore TWIF. That's this week in fantasy so guys we will be back soon guys gonna try and get as many of these apps out as we can with draft season i know people have some drafts coming up i've got two drafts this week which is crazy a little early try and draft later if you can but if you can't we'll be here to help you and uh really looking forward to this again hit me up let me know what you think and uh we'll be back with episode two for sigmund bloom and myself james seltzer and the whole bgn radio community this has been episode one of this week in fantasy, and uh, I can't wait to, to get it going, guys. Let's go out. Let's win some titles. Check it. My weed smoke is my lie. A key of coke is a pie. When I'm lifted, I'm high. When new clothes on, I'm fly. Cars is whips and sneakers is kicks. Money is chips. Movies is flicks. Also, cribs is homes. Jacks is pay phones. Cocaine is nose candy. Cigarettes is bones. Uh, a radio is a box. A razor blade is an ox. Fat diamonds is rocks. And Jake's is cops.